Hey there, all you persistent souls and seekers of truth. It's your bass maestro, Horace Morris, here amidst the bustling beats from the heart of the Merkel Treehouse on this fine Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. You know, life often feels like a whirlwind of chaos, doesn't it? Sometimes it seems as though our voices echo into the abyss, lost amidst the cacophony of noise that surrounds us. It might feel like you're screaming into the void, wondering if anyone hears your melody. But let me tell you something important. Keep on screaming. Keep on shouting the truth into the ether, because someone, somewhere, is listening. Amidst the madness, amidst the uproar, there are ears that crave your symphony of sincerity. As we navigate through these harmonies of existence, let's not forget to welcome the luminary, the groovy chick who keeps the vibe alive, the guardian of soundness, the remarkable, the absolutely incredible, Ms. Audrey Merkel. Thank you, Horace, and welcome back, dear listeners. Your presence in the treehouse warms our soft hearts. We have Chapter 11 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War coming up, but first, let's tackle a couple of headlines. Congratulations to Argentina. In their historic election of a narco-capitalist Javier Malay, the yoke of leftism in Latin America continues to fray at the edges, and it is a beautiful thing. Billionaire Changpeng Zhao, better known as CZ, and leading cryptocurrency exchange Binance pleaded guilty on Tuesday to multiple federal charges. As part of a coordinated settlement across the federal government, Binance has agreed to pay more than $4 billion in fines and other penalties. CZ, one of the most powerful figures in crypto, has agreed to step down as CEO from the exchange that he founded, and he will pay $200 million in fines. Lieutenant Colonel Nathaniel P. Steele of the U.S. Space Force is standing by to comment on these sudden turn of events. Lieutenant Colonel? Dear citizens of Earth, the wheels of justice turn, and we've successfully cornered another miscreant in the crypto realm. While the legal proceedings unfold, rest assured that a cozy cell next to none other than Sam Bankman-Fried has been reserved for this individual on our orbiting penal satellite. Mark my words, CZ will not be the last shitcoin scammer the U.S. Space Force holds accountable. Now, on to more pressing matters. The moment we've all been anticipating is nearly upon us. Join me and Reverend Smith next Sunday, November 26th, for the dedication ceremony of the orbiting penal satellite. I'll be at the helm, and Reverend Smith will bestow his blessings upon the craft. Don't forget about me. And of course, Satoshi the robot assistant on piano. We will be boarding an Origin Blue Craft in T-24 hours that will send us on our journey to the orbiting penal satellite. This is not just a ceremony, it's a symbol of our commitment to justice, a beacon of order in the cosmic chaos. So, mark your calendars, set your reminders, and make sure to tune in for this historic event. Lieutenant Colonel Nathaniel P. Steele, signing off. Thank you, Lieutenant Colonel. And now, Chapter 11 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War. Chapter 11. Friendly Fire. Some miners may not be in a position to upgrade, or may prefer not to participate in the soft fork which is their right. However, that miner may now become a lone reason that vetoes activation for everyone, where the soft fork is an opt-in feature. 
This situation seems to be against the voluntary nature of the Bitcoin system where participation at all levels is voluntary and kept honest by well-balanced incentives. Shaolin Fry Bitcoin Dev Mailing List February 25, 2017 In March 2017, a pseudonymous Bitcoin developer, Shaolin Fry, introduced a groundbreaking proposal known as Bitcoin Improvement Proposal 148, or BIP 148. This proposal aimed to compel miners to signal support for SegWit through a user-activated soft fork, or UASF. BIP 148 acted as a soft fork designed to initiate another soft fork. The strategy mandated miner support starting August 1, 2017, approximately four and a half months away. This activation aimed to trigger the original SegWit soft fork within the activation window. However, this proposal stirred intense controversy and posed significant risks, especially from the perspective of the small blockers. It strayed from their narrative of patience and cautious consensus rule changes. This approach was perilous as it demanded minor support and risked a chain split if not attained. The risky nature of BIP 148 UASF meant that its failure, a very plausible outcome, could hand the advantage to the larger blockers. I do not support the BIP 148 UASF for some of the same reasons that I do support SegWit. Bitcoin is valuable in part because it has high security and stability. SegWit was carefully designed to support and amplify that engineering integrity that people can count on now and into the future. I do not feel the approach proposed in BIP 148 really measures up to the standards set by SegWit itself or the existing best practices and protocol development in this community. I do not think it is a horrible proposal. It is better engineered than many things that many altcoins do, but just not up to our normal standards. But the fastest support should not be our goal. As a community, there is always some reckless altcoin or centralized system that can support something faster than we can. Trying to match that would only erode our distinguishing value in being well-engineered and stable. Of course, I do not oppose the general concept of a UASF, but generally a soft fork of any kind does not need to risk disruption of mining just as SegWit's activation does not. UASF are the original kind of soft fork and were the only kind of fork practiced by Satoshi, and we introduced miner-based activation as part of a process of making Bitcoin more stable in the common case where the ecosystem is all in harmony. It's kind of weird to see UASF portrayed as something new. It's important the users not be at the mercy of any one part of the ecosystem to the extent that we can avoid it, be it developers, exchanges, chat forums, or mining hardware makers. Ultimately, the rules of Bitcoin work because they're enforced by the users collectively. That is what makes Bitcoin Bitcoin. It's what makes it something people can count on. The rules aren't easy to just change. We should have patience. Now, Bitcoin is a system that should last for all ages and power mankind for a long time. Ten years from now, a couple years of dispute will seem like nothing. But the reputation we earn for stability and integrity, for being a system of money people can count on, will mean everything. So have patience, don't take shortcuts, SegWit is a good improvement, and we should respect it by knowing that it's good enough to wait for. And for however it's activated to be done the best way we know how, Gregory Maxwell, Bitcoin Dev Mail List, April 14th, 2017. But sentiment grew among the small blockers that differed significantly from Gregory Maxwell. To them... The times were anything but normal. They were in a state of conflict. Bitcoin faced a crisis with Bitmain, exploiting the ASIC boost vulnerability maliciously. SegWit stood as the solution to this vulnerability, an urgent fix needed immediately. In their view, 
this was an emergency demanding a departure from the usual patient approach. They believed they were prevailing, and it was the opportune moment to deploy significant measures while they stood strong. For them, it was imperative to wield formidable strategies, to go all in and clinch victory decisively in this battle for Bitcoin's future. Failure to act could spell defeat, leading to the demise of Bitcoin as they knew it. Bitcoin Dev Luke Dash Jr. threw his hat in the UASF ring early on. He's the clever fellow who found out how to turn SegWit into a soft fork, you know. Luke took a bold stand backing the UASF when hardly anyone else was on board. But that's Luke for you. Never one to mind sticking his neck out. Now Peter Woola, the brains behind much of the SegWit soft fork code, wasn't too keen on BIP-148. His views, along with those of Gregory and other devs, made it mighty clear that Bitcoin Core wouldn't likely roll out a client backing BIP-148. If the UASF was going to gain some traction, seems like the small blockers would have to rally behind an alternative client with different rules. A real turn of events, I reckon, since it was almost like the big blockers story with Bitcoin XT, Bitcoin Classic, and Bitcoin Unlimited. The UASF faced minimal backing from cryptocurrency exchanges. The majority of exchange CEOs anticipated the UASF's failure, while some were unfamiliar with its nature. Beyond the small block community, the economic support for the UASF was negligible. This move by the small blockers appeared risky, and there was a looming possibility that they might find themselves on a less recognized proof-of-work blockchain, ultimately sidelined from what was considered Bitcoin. BIP-148 is very dangerous for exchanges and other business. There is no sign of significant economic support behind BIP-148, and when it is alive as a blockchain, the economic support would most likely be based on speculation. The mining activity behind the UASF chain may stop without notice, and investors who buy in the BIP-148 propaganda may lose all their investment. Any exchanges that decide to support a UASF token after the forking point need to consider the stagnation risk attached to it. The UASF chain presents a risk of the original chain being wiped out. If there is no contingency plan, all economic activity that occurs on the original chain after the UASF forking point will face the risk of being wiped out. This has disastrous consequences for the entire Bitcoin ecosystem. UASF is an attack against users and enterprises who disagree with activating SegWit right now without a block size increase, which is a very important clause in the Hong Kong agreement made by the global Bitcoin community in February 2016. This plan is for a user-activated hard fork, or UAHF. Bitmain blog post, June 14, 2017. The Bitmain plan was to activate a hard fork, at around the same time as the UASF was due to activate, which would increase the block size limit. The hard fork plan even included a block size limit increase schedule. The block size limit would start at 2 megabytes in August 2017, then gradually increase in additional predetermined steps to 16.8 megabytes by August 2019. This plan appeared to be some kind of threat aimed at the UASF proponents. The large blockers would get their new hard fork chain, something they perceived the small blockers were desperately hoping to prevent them from achieving. Well, let me tell you about that wild move Jihan and Bitmain pulled. He seemed to be playing chess, but folks thought it looked more like checkers. You see, he declared that Bitmain would shift to a different hard fork chain if the UASF happened. 
Now, here's the kicker. This move inadvertently gave a boost to the UASF gang. They were more likely to get ahead in the proof-of-work race because Bitmain was taking a detour. Now, why Jihan did this is a real head-scratcher. It's like he was mad as a hornet and decided to cook up a plan on the fly without much pondering. If you ask me, Jihan should have said, All right, in the face of the UASF, we're sticking to the original chain, and we've got our own counter UASF brewing. But maybe he didn't fancy being stuck with those one megabyte blocks. Tough call, I reckon. In the battlefront we stood when their fiercest charge they made. As the UASF deadline neared, the large blockers found themselves in a defensive stance, lacking a clear and effective response. They seemed to be running out of viable options, facing the brink of a significant and imminent defeat. However, a turn of events emerged in the final week of May 2017 that provided the large blockers with a much-needed boost, the New York Agreement. Ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap up, a final thought if I may. Appreciation for the moments shared with loved ones adds a special warmth to our hearts, especially as Thanksgiving approaches. It's a time to gather, reflect on our blessings, and embrace the joy of togetherness. So, as we prepare for this festive occasion, let's remember the little things that bring us happiness and express gratitude for the love, laughter, and cherished moments. Wishing you all a joyful and fulfilling Thanksgiving. Until next time, take care and may your celebrations be filled with love and happiness. And with that, episode 78 of the Merkle Treehouse comes to a close. Don't forget to join us on Sunday for the unveiling of the orbiting penal satellite. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Once again, the real Horace Morris and his genuine Merkle Treehouse band. Hi, this is the producer of the Merkel Treehouse. On the next episode, someone will die. Oh yes, someone will die. Thank you for listening and please share our content far and wide. Mm -hmm.